Alright, alright, quieten down now. Live from the Britain Yankee Pub Studios. Another Britain Yankee Craft Beer Pubcast. I can hear the pints being pulled right now. Knock the wild one, bring the drums in, let's have a party. Pump up the bitter. Shh, test it. Pump up the bitter. Pump up the bitter. Take it away, lad. You are paying for that beer, aren't you? Pump up the bitter. Pump up the bitter. Yes, good evening and welcome. This is Phil Clark, landlord of the Britain Yankee Pub. And we're live in the Britain Yankee Pub studios with me tonight for show number 303, which we're calling Lager Louts. And I think the two folks who are with me fit into that quite well. I mean, the loud oh, bit, not hey. the lagers. Oh, oh, and guess who that is? Uh, hang on, we'll come to him in a second. But with me as guest host tonight is a good friend and brewer over at Church Street, Mr. Chuck Fort. Hello, Chuck. Hello. How are you? Was a happy day at the brewery? Yeah, it was a pretty easy day, actually. And then uh, we went off and uh, bought some uh, components for our pilot uh, brewing system that we're getting ready to set up. How do you so. brew a pilot? Um, <laughs> just a little, pretty much the same way as anything else. Just, uh, you know, yeah, you didn't get just, that. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so. <laughs> um, okay, so did you brew anything? Not on the pilot system. Oh, okay, cool. All right, good. So put it together. And the chap who you heard earlier there is a longtime tavern owner, now a... Are you a humidor or...? That's my current home, is the humidor. Is the humidor at, at Binney's. You've got the bell. Glen Allen. Good man, there we go. Binney's at Glen... Mistress Binney <laughs> in Glen Allen. And you're, so you're, you're in the humidor flogging cigars, is that what it is? That's what my current function is, yes. Do you have a, a big background with the twisted weed? Tobacco. Oh. Which way are we going with that? I am. <laughs> uh, I, I've smoked cigars in the past. Uh, I don't think that I reached the level of research that I have since I assumed this position. And which position is that? Number 27 <laughs> in the Kama Sutra? <laughs> it, would, it would be assisting uh, shoppers in the humidor at uh, Benny's in Glen Ellen. Uh, can I help you? The door's over there. Thank you. Yeah, take a cigar with you. <laughs> no, I actually uh, try. I, I get, I'm getting to know brands and, uh, and le mild, medium, and Full-bodied levels of uh, strength and of, of course, the cigars. Yeah. A good cigar with a wonderful leather chair and cigar beer Indeed. is just marvelous, right? Um, we talk about that. We talk about that a lot. Um, and uh, tonight, we're going nowhere near those leather chair <laughs> beers because um, there seems to have been, and maybe I'm just seeing it from the position of Everybody's drinking hazy IPAs, and IPA was the thing that everybody requ uh, requested. But there seems to be a little bit of thought towards the trend changing towards lager styles. 
Have you heard anything mm. about this, Chuck? Have you noticed that? Because you guys up what? at Church Street do traditional styles. You do Hellas. You do Pills. And those are all yeah. lagers, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I, you know, trends are hard to hard to see sometimes, but the ones that are real obvious, of course, are the New England IPAs and the the dessert beers, um, the s'mores, stouts, and all the you know. In, in terms extras. of trends. Yeah, yeah, in terms of trends is what I'm seeing right now. It would be nice to see lagers become a trend. I know Pilsner sort of became a trend for a while, and maybe it still is. Uh, but, you know, of course, lagers are kind of a, a different thing. In some ways, it's hard to, to make them. They're very traditional. So as far as trying to make them exciting and grabbing, like, new customers and people, you know, maybe they're not that good at that. They're more for people that are in it for the long haul, I suppose. So are they more of a transitional beer for people who have not tried good craft brews or are they a, a welcome break from those you know uh, stouts and uh, IPAs and everything that you mentioned yeah it's you know at festivals what I noticed is that people would go for the the, the fancy stuff the interesting stuff that they see on their on their menu and then a lot of them, well, a fair amount then end up at our tent and just drink lagers the rest of the festival. Oh, once, well, festivals. Okay. Right. Once yeah. they've, but sometimes festivals, it's a good way to see how, it's a good way to get in touch with the customers, you know, because you're, you're right there uh, serving them. And so you get sort of an idea. Uh, I, so I do notice that. Okay. But um, I'm more of a brewer than a marketer. So I'm not always really good with trends. You know, a lot of times they say, you know, if, the, if you just left it up to the brewer, your brewery would go out of business because, you know, they would just brew what they want to drink, you know. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand. So um, we've got six of what I guess are a random sample of lagers from Illinois breweries. And uh, they're mostly breweries that you know well and love. But whether or not you've actually picked up any of their cans of lager is a different issue. So we're going to jump right in and, and discuss this a little bit further as we go through. The first one that we have um, comes from, and, and I guess this is um, something that I think is a very, I don't know how to describe it. It's something that people look at and go, oh, I don't want one of those, you know, but this is a Mexican style lager. And this is from uh, Cruz Blanca, downtown in Chicago, a Rick Bayless operation. But I think the head brewer down there is Jacob Sembrano, at least I think so at last look. Um, brewer, brewers turn over a lot these days. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm going <laughs> to, these are all cans so I can get a wonderful sound effect. Thank you. I'll open that one and and, and and pour it out. Now, Mexican lager, Mexican style lagers, I guess. So when we think of that, we think of Corona. John, what, do you drink these or, you know, do you see that there's a lot of this being sold in binnies? Actually, uh, per the conversation that we were having a little earlier, uh, I think we're transitioning right about now. I'm surprised at how many uh, companies and breweries are coming out with uh, lighter uh, what some people say are sessionable beers, and um, I, I've tried uh, several, but I, I think that appears to be what people are doing right about now. 
And definitely all of these are what we can call sessionable because I don't think any of them go over 5%. Well, I'll have to go through them. I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> a six-pack is a lot to deal with, right? Um, so uh, this one is called Lager Especial. And um, it's, it's brewed, interestingly enough, one of their commercial description phrases is absolutely zero adjuncts. Is that, that should be a given in lagers, right? Yeah, and I like that. Uh, you know, I'm, not an, I'm not an adjunct kind of guy, but um, I do brew uh, what people want me to brew. So um, if I have to brew something like a, you know, like a, like a stout with, a, you know, some raspberry puree or some other uh, something else, then, then that's what I do. But certainly for lagers, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, when we start talking about adjuncts, you know, the advertising on the Super Bowl, how, how they were making, brewers were making fun of the other brewers' adjuncts that they use. And really, they were just bringing attention to the fact that they use adjuncts as well. And who would that uh, and be? Who Let's would that name be? and shame. I don't shame. know. I don't oh, know. Okay. I think we know what we're talking about. <laughs> who it's, who it's is it? You can say. This well, is the internet. So... So Anheuser-Busch made fun of uh, Miller oh, and okay. Coors. Okay, for the corn syrup. For the corn syrup. And, um, but, you know, but uh, Anheuser-Busch uses rice as an adjunct in their beers. Mm -hmm. So tell us what the characteristics of a good lager should be in terms of its look, um, the head, and possibly the aroma. Because I'm not... Whenever I well, pour a lager, it's usually going to be quite cold, right? We, we're usually going to serve these at a... At a, what, a 40? Yeah, 40, 45, 45 something okay. like that. So they'll be cold, um, so maybe the aroma isn't going to whoosh out at you no. like it would from an IPA. No, if it's an American, like, light lager, like an industrial lager brewed with adjuncts, and you, you serve that at, right at, like, 32 degrees. Um, but for a really nice lager, um, you know, all barley, no adjuncts, I'd say 45 degrees, 40 to 45 degrees, something like that, because you want you know some of that flavor to come through. And you want, as far as looks, it should be clear. This looks fairly clear. You want mm -hmm. a nice white head on the top that persists and hangs around, and it does. And this is, and um, we're doing them out of sample. And I glasses. think it has a rather nice aroma. Yeah. Okay. I didn't, I, I got straight into drinking it. I had to tell you, I did a bad thing. Um so, John, you usually woof yours down in no seconds. <laughs> I'm trying to hold you're back. You're sipping back. I'm holding back. So, so. so, yes, you're right. I mean, it has a, you know, it's definitely got a nice light lagery aroma. If you, yeah, it, you it know, smells like yeah. beer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, there you go. What's your dad so would say So, what about, beer. I mean, as a color, you, you mentioned it was, I don't think it's golden, and I don't think it's quite clear. Um, yeah, it's got a little bit of haze to it, so yeah. it doesn't look like it was filtered. Yeah, but uh, it's clear enough. Not an opportunity for, for you to get out your laser light, though. <laughs> no, no need for that. Yeah, right. There um, you go. But uh, uh, a lot of times, the lagers we talk about are they clean? You know how you know lagers are typically cleaner than ales. Yep. And there's always sort of a question as to what that means, and it, it really is just that um, the lagers will give you, you know, if you brew them the way they're intended to be brewed, they'll give you less of a sort of a fruity estery character than the ales so the, the less of that fruity estery character the cleaner we say there but that's also you have to be able to distinguish between hop flavors and fruit flavors that come from yeast 
Mm-hmm. So while we talk of hops, this one has a delightfully named hop, which I've actually heard of, called Mittelfru. I think it's Mittelfru. Yeah. Um, Hallertau Mittelfru. Hallertau Mittelfru. There you go. Yes. And apparently that is one of the uh, pretty high-grade Hallertau Noble hops. So does that mean that they have spared no expense in making this? Uh, let me tell you what the malts are, by the way. It's Bark Vienna and Bark with an E. So maybe that's Barky. I don't know. Bark Vienna and Carafoam. Now, I've heard of Carafoam. Is that what they use to make the head? <laughs> yeah. Carafoam. It is. Oh, wow. I didn't even know. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> I was being funny. It, well, no, Carafoam is, is used. To, Carafoam is something that, you know, you can throw in lagers a lot, just a little bit. Throw in a handful if you're doing a homebrew batch or, or a, a bag if you're doing a, a commercial brew. But it'll keep the keep your head on the beer going, you know. So what about the taste? And, and we'll come back in a second um, on our next beer and talk about exactly what makes lager a lager in the process. Uh, John? I, uh, I think it's, it's, it's nice. I th- to me, it, it seems a little malty, but it seems uh, like a long finish, uh, quite, uh, I don't know, just it tastes good to me. It, 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 to me, is certainly a downable beer. Um, it does have some decent flavor to it. Um, I would actually call this one a, a very decent lawnmower beer because yeah, I yeah. could crush a couple of these and sure. have flavor, refreshment, and still think that hey, I've got got a good you know a good beer here instead of the normal macro brew. But Chuck, do, yeah. do you notice a difference in this between between this being a kind of craft brew, if you will, and being a Miller Light or a Miller or a Coors, yeah. you know, which is our traditional American yeah, so, uh, lagers. Um, traditionally, when you let one of those beers get to the temperature that this one's at, which is probably like about 50 degrees, um, you're going to get more of a sort of a corny kind of a flavor uh, coming out of, of some of them. Um, with the, if Some of the other beers, you won't have that if they don't use corn as an adjunct, but there, there's other sort of... Uh, all barley beers, once they're made with all barley like this, will you can tell the difference. Um, is that the little bit of the sweetness malt. there? No, there's a, you know there's a little bit of sweetness, but yeah, you'll it'll just be a different kind of sweetness if you right. have a lot of adjuncts basically. Um, this beer's got a little bit of a fruity nature to it, which is kind of interesting. It's very crisp. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, and and well, also I, I'm, I'm not sure if that 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 may be the Hallertau. Because Hallertau has kind of a floral, mixing more of a floral character, but um, maybe that's part of the hops. I don't know. The commercial description actually um, is quite interesting. So the the flowery bit of it says it's endlessly refreshingly, endlessly refreshing sunny lager, which actually I can imagine sitting on a beach drinking this. Um, balance sweetness and lightness yeah. now the interesting thing that about Cruz Blanca is that because Rick Bayless is a world-class chef who does really I think he's known for his Mexican styles I mean hell I've got some of their frozen frontier brand Mexican stuff that I have for lunch down in the freezer um, it, they've specialized instead of doing as they say here on their website hoppy and unhinged 
uh, they've created a collection of subtle and food-friendly brews. So yeah. something like this, I think, would be perfect for a deck party on a sunny day. You're having burgers, whatever, you know, that type of barbecue type thing. Oh, nothing, and we're definitely too ma- match up winner. with carnitas or uh, yeah. uh, any oh, kind yeah. of uh, yeah. roasted vegetable tacos or... Or even like uh, whatever you come up with, uh, it would be delicious. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna yeah. uh, we're gonna uh, break off on on this one. We've talked a little bit of introductory on lagers. Uh, we're gonna come back with the next one from another brewery downtown, who are relatively um, sought after beers and a good location. And um, maybe we now need to find out if Mexico is calling us. Da 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 la bamba. And beer number two that we have on our list comes from... Huzzah. Uh, Huzzah. I'm cheering for beer number two. Oh, okay. Yes, that's right. A lot of people used to say, what the hell's huzzah? Well, that's what they used to say. I don't know why they used to say huzzah, huzzah, instead of hurrah, hurrah, but they did. On to the next beer. We head to Logan Square. Another can, which I crack open here. And this is Hopewell Brewing Company. Now, I guess I should have started with this one because it's called First Lager. <laughs> Duh. Having a second. Okay. But if you remember at the beginning, I said most of these beers are 5% or less. Well, I got buggered on this one because it's 5.1. Oh. So <laughs> we're a little bit over the top on this one. So again, this one um, is one of the favorites. Uh, they have apparently got two lagers on their draft list i don't know what the other one is called but okay um this one is the one that i guess is their flagship lager i don't know maybe the other one is Ah. but um i've cracked this one open and once again we have you know i think the pictures are going to be fairly boring because (laughs) you know we have the same color um by the way I didn't say 4.7 on that last one from uh cruz blanca so this one um john well, it, it again, it must not be filtered because it has a little bit of a haze to it again. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Um, I would say there's something in the aroma that's um, Ooh. a little different than the previous beer. Is, is like the previous beer, you just smelt it, you know, looked up in the dictionary, and it said beer. Mm-hmm. You know, and this one, there, there's a little something extra there. Happy. Maybe, uh, is that? Do you think it's hoppy? I now, I don't know what the hops... It seems like a sweetness or almost. It smells... I, I can't tell you what the hops too. are in no. this. They don't say. Um, what they do say is it's got a balanced bready malt. So I am noticing a slight difference. What I'm getting uh, in my very unsophisticated palate is a very oh. dry finish. Is yes. that the hops? Yeah, so that's the, what they've done here, I think, when I'm tasting. So I'm tasting kind of a... a a lot of body to this sort of a, uh, a sweetness, mm-hmm. right, in the malt. So it's, it's sweeter than the previous beer. It's got more body. They, sometimes they can use, like, caramel malts or whatever to get that. Um, but then what they're doing, now normally your beer, if you did that, your lager would be too sweet. So what they've mm-hmm. done then on the back side, or maybe they've thrown in a lot of bittering hops and some flavor hops too. So to me, when I drink this, it's almost like... Um, like an IPL, like an 
Like a, I, one IBL, IBL lager. lager you know, hey, you know, when yeah. I first started in uh, IT, which was called data processing in those days, an IPL on an IBM machine was an initial program load. <laughs> yes. You have to re-IPL every once That's in a while. right. Yeah. You oh, used to do it. <laughs> yeah, you? I used yeah, to do you it. were there. Yeah. <laughs> we're as old as one another. Yeah. Okay, so back to the beer. So um, <laughs> another another question I have is how what is the process called lagering and how does that differ from why have we got the two styles right one is ales one is lagers they're the they're the main families right and there's all these subspecies below it yeah i mean it was always ales back in the day wild yeast and ale yeast and so on and so forth and then in 1831 thanks to louis pasteur and some other folks they isolated uh yeast and were able to uh they went to you know, Bavaria and other places, and they got that yeast that they used in the cold weather, and you know, up in the mountains there where it's cold, and they isolated it, and uh, they got their first lager yeast. You mean that? You mean the Germans were using a cold yeast, or is this well, in they were, Czechoslovakia, the, the, as it was well, then? Well, or a lot of Bohemia? people. Before we isolated yeast, yeast just got used to whatever climate they were in, and and and. Over centuries, they just sort of acclimate and, and go through the natural yeah. part of evolution. Uh, but they're they were always wild yeast mixed. It was all it was never real, you know. It was just sort of a hodgepodge. But then once they were able to use the microscope and isolate, used to go to and they'd I don't know if they stole it or sneak in there, whatever. But they get yeast from different places. Anyway, by 1830. Uh, Two, they're building brewing Pilsner Quell. Oh and, yeah, uh, nothing like a good. Pils. And I think it was the Carlsberg Brewery though that isolated these. But anyway, oh. but anyway, all this started happening around then, and then we started having lager yeast. Now, what's interesting is um, there's a little bit of confusion with the word lager because lager can be a noun or it can be a verb, right? So it, a noun, it could be the name of a type of yeast, like we were just talking about. Now we have lager yeast but it also can be a way that you treat your beer after you brew it you could you could cold store it for a long time or lager it and it could be an ale that you choose you to could lager. take an ale and lager it now that's it, where it gets confusing right? yes. is, that, is that a de- derivation or a mispronunciation of the word louter Loutering it? No, the oh, lou- okay. louder is just. Damn, a, I thought I was onto something. That's just a <laughs> German word for separating your your wort from your grain. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. even like this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's other things that discern a lager from an ale, and I always heard it was top or bottom fermented. Yeah, which a, is which? That's a term that we use, um, but generally. Uh, the fermentation happens throughout the whole ferment or not at the top or the bottom. But the ale yeast back in the day, and some of them still do, when they when they finish up, they they clump together and they trap little bits of steel too between them and they float to the top for a while and you can actually sort of crop or scoop off the top. Um, but not there's not a lot of ale yeast that do that today. Most like Ales and lager yeast just pretty much they ferment in the entire vessel and then they drop out to the bottom. Sink to the bottom. So hence hence your conical shape at the bottom of your bright tanks? Uh, fermenters. Fermenters, yeah. okay. Yeah. So um, but the the terminology has stuck and it still lasts to today. We still talk about 
ales is top fermenting and lagers is bottom fermenting, but it's it's now <laughs> it's because not, of modern practices uh, the line. So um, I know that uh, it used to be a long process, but now with modern day, as you talked about practices, we brought it down to something like twenty one days. Is that when you can usually get a lager? I, I think Anheuser Busch can. Do it in three hours. Around three hours, I tell you. <laughs> I thought they said 23 days. I, my teacher okay. from Siba, I thought he said 23 days. But, like, uh, you know, at Turk Street, it's about six weeks. Okay. What's that? How many days? Six, seven. I don't know how many days that is. Oh, yeah. Six times 42. seven. 42. Okay. Yeah, a few more days. Twice Jeez. as good. Twice as long, twice as good. Okay, back to... The nuns uh, should have beat you guys a little more. What? Oh. Yeah. Back, back <laughs> if you to don't know your multiplication tables. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. So uh, back to Hopewell's first lager, which is our second lager. Um, opinions on it um, in general? I, I, I personally, I think it has a slightly different flavor. It's still as crisp and as delicious. Yeah, I, I can't. Uh, I won't be. I wouldn't drink as many. Uh, the first one is probably more what I think of as lager than the second one. The second one is a little uh, hoppier. So that that might be. Um, something for people that want a little more flavor than just you know an average lager mm -hmm. possibly but they don't want an ipa okay so i think that's sort of a, it fits a sort of a slot there in the yeah pit. this would be probably a good bridge between uh somebody who's amping up their hops and and ready to move to the uh the bigger the, boys the bigger boy bigger <laughs> ipa hoppy boys there you go and there's some there's aroma there that I'm not sure if it's off-putting or not. There's just it, it, it just is not the same as the first beer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always find the aroma on lagers to be somewhat, I think soapy is the wrong word, but it's more, oh, wait a minute, you just washed this glass out or something? <laughs> you know, I don't know what it is. I, I never think of aromas with lagers. I think of sipping it back and quaffing a great beer, right? So yeah, it just depends too. Like sometimes yeah. if, if they've been in the can or bottle too long, they they'll lose their aroma after a few months. We don't know how old this beer is, um, but but I you know, uh, ten eighteen eighteen is the best buy date. Oh no, wait a minute, that's not the best buy date. That was when that's it was ten thirty one uh, and twenty four seconds was when it was put into this can uh, on eighteenth of October. Last year, or is that the or is that the tenth of the eighteenth month? No, the eighteenth of October, ten eighteen eighteen. So what are yeah, we looking at? So Six months old, nearly. This is pretty much at the end of its. It's uh, it probably was a different beer, you know. So you bring up a good point. point on Best Buy dates. Um, we'll take a quick break here, come back with our third beer, and talk a little bit about Best Buy dates. Hey, this is Oliver Bully. I am the brewer over at Dry City in Wheaton, and when I need to scratch my craft beer itch, I go to the... Oh my goodness, I forgot the name of your podcast. <laughs> I was going to say the brew and Yankee, and I'm like, it's not the brew and Yankee. <laughs> All right, you ready? Hey, this is Oliver Bully from Dry City in Wheaton. I'm the brewer over here, and when I need to scratch my craft brew itch, I turn to the Brit and Yankee podcast. It is a wonderful place full of knowledge, fun, and craft brews. And people getting free beer. Thanks, Oliver. Where's mine? Uh, oh, that was yesterday. Damn! Damn! <laughs> 
dear, oh dear. Okay. Beer number three in our lager six-pack is uh, we're heading down south uh, to the uh, southern suburbs and to an extraordinarily um, well-known brewery. Well, I say extraordinarily. I don't know if it's extraordinary or not. To a well-known brewery in uh, Tinley Park, that of Hailstorm Brewing Company and Brandon Banbury and his fine crew of uh, folks down there. Now, they've long been uh, one of the big breweries that wins a lot of medals and a lot of people will seek after their beers. I think they have a Imperial Stout called Vlad or something. And uh, yeah. I, I, I really have never kind of got into their beers other than the fact that I've found a couple on the shelf. People have said drink them and I've never had a bad one, right? So here we have in our lager series, uh, this is called Hotel Life. And interestingly enough, it has uh, a great label on it that uh, in, in kind of neon, you know how those like 1970s Las Vegas hotel things uh, had all the neon and everything. Well, this one says hotel life. And then it's got vacancy, color TV, magic fingers. What's the magic fingers? Is that the bread that vibrates? That's the I bed. believe, yeah. Oh, you put okay. a quarter Ooh, in there. And, okay. Hourly yeah. rates, American lager in nice yellow and this one. Whoa. Oh, hello. I got a little splash yeah, there. Splash there. I splashed right. over my um, Nuts. mixing board here. Now, this is the only one we have that is in a pint can. So um, there's plenty to go around. But That's good. I will say that it is only 4.7%. Oh, so sucks. right down there in a very sessionable beer, right? So, oh, quick, before it goes over. Oh, it didn't go over. I'm brilliant. Yeah. Okay. So what do we uh, what do we have? Describe it whilst I'm taking this a photograph. This one's clear. Totally this clear. clear. Uh, the color is lighter than the other. It's almost a yeah. straw. We call that like a straw color. Is what? Is that what that is? Call that. Yes, it's very, light, very light. Very light. Very light. Golden color. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice white head. Really nice. Which is, I hear is good. Nice looking beer. A nice looking beer. It does look attractive. I will say that one of the things that attracts me to drinking lagers, especially on a sunny day, is the way that you can pour one into a pint glass and have it sit there with a lovely inch, you know, a finger full of white head. Yeah. And and you know how they do those ads for the Budweiser's where they have the drip <laughs> coming down the side? Sorry. But if you've got a deliciously golden yellow beer in there with a white head, that is one of the most attractive things you can do. And if you did that against yeah. a blue sky, you got yourself a commercial right there. Yeah. Oh, it, was like, it reminds me of the old ham signs. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Hams, yeah. From the land of sky blue waters. That's right. Indeed it was. And I used to drink hams. That was a very, very light beer i thought yep. but uh you it has a light down. american then they had ham's one. preferred stock which was yes. the more expensive hams. yeah <laughs> mm. so um before we go on to how it was what about aroma on this one before i we don't go on detect, to taste you get much aroma oh there's something there it's, it's uh same thing uh, it's the I same thing it. oh yeah oh what are you doing like not yeah. like the other two. <laughs> oh, what am i doing I'm wiping your nose. Oh, yeah. Changing no, my no. channel. Come on now. <laughs> oh, what yeah, are you doing? You smell your shirt. Smell your shirt. And it's different. And then smell the beer. Oh. Because you change. I, I don't have sleeves. You got, I'm on. Smell I'm your on, armpit. I got a t-shirt. Smell your armpit. Oh. 
Yeah, smell your belly. It smells like the, three days. <laughs> okay, there you get a little bit more. Here's the concept is your nose detects differences. Yes. Okay. Okay, so but so like so you're inside, you wake up in the morning and then you go out and get the paper, or maybe you just go outside for some reason because you don't get a paper anymore. But you come right. back inside. I go out and get my iPad. <laughs> right? You come back inside and you realize the garbage has to go out. Right? Why? Because it smells? No, because you got the fresh air outside, because, and all yeah, of a sudden the does, smells of the garbage can pop into your nostrils. It does basically. smell. You went outside, you got a breath of fresh air, you came and smelled the air in your house, and you're like, oh, I was smelling this all night, but I didn't notice it. But you d detect the changes. That's usually right? me farting in bed. <laughs> well, that too, oh, right? Right? I mean, <laughs> you hope that the wife gets used to it, but then you open the window. TMI, come on, let's move <laughs> on here, boys. <laughs> Too much information, you're right. Uh, so, okay, so I'll try that. But, but I actually <laughs> thought that the best way to sniff it was put it up to your nose and then blow out through your mouth and then inhale. Because you're then getting, you're not, well, maybe well, I'm wrong. Do, okay, move then, on. You can do a drive-by. Hang on, I'm going to, a drive-by? What's a drive-by? Here's the drive-by, just, just take the glass and go, Oh, across your nose. So yeah. Chuck is, it works well on radio. Yeah, uh, like yeah Chuck is moving the glass from left to right quickly <laughs> under his nose. Okay, I'm getting the same aroma, but I have to say that the taste is a lot crisper, I think, than the other two. It's lighter and crisper, mm -hmm. and you don't have, it's not the hop, there's the, the hop bitterness isn't. Is this yes. is a really light and balanced really light beer. and balanced, I mean, really yes. well balanced. So, um, this is a lager the way I yeah. expect a lager to be. <laughs> yeah, it's not like the, the one before. I mean, the one before was fine, but first of all, it was it was you know past its prime. But this, not only that, but the beer like this, it'll last longer in the can. It, it, this could be. Oh, an older beer, but these, these these kinds of lagers will survive longer on the shelf. So, so we, you don't get the oxidation factor, does well, it? Well, you get some, ox I mean, oxidation will still be an issue, but you don't have the hops going through these wild changes, Swings, right? Yeah. Um, so, um, oh, come on. The hops need fun as well, much as anybody. You know. All right. So we, you mentioned about um, um, dates, uh, and we talked about that briefly in the last segment. Um, and we talked that the Hopewell one was, was October. This one here from Hailstorm, which I will say is the most American um, lager that I've more than the other two. Yeah. Uh, this was canned on. I might take exception on the 9th of January, which is actually my uh, sister-in-law's oh. birthday. Oh. So how about that? And it's Happy oh, birthday! Hey, and it's, oh, I know. I should say it's Lingo's birthday, the original Yankee. Oh, uh, right. The 9th of it, but this was nine. This was 19. Lingo. My birthday's on the 20th of March. Oh. oh. There we go. Well, this this is um, birthday of the, spring. The, the the January the 9th night. 1919, no, 2019. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was 1919, it's definitely. So this is um, three months old, so a lot fresher. Um, I do, as we talk about it, you know, but, uh, I think canned on dates are quite important for some beers, especially IPAs, so you can see whether the oh, hot yeah. flavor's gone away. It seems you're saying, Chuck, that it's important for lager beers as well. Anything with a lot of hops in it, I think that previous one was suffering because of that. I think this beer... Um, you know, six months out, wouldn't taste a whole lot more different than this. Maybe there'll be some subtle changes, probably less aroma, but uh, it's, it wouldn't be that 
traumatic of a difference, probably. I, I do like beers that give you information about them on the side. Um, this is, the, I think, the first one we've had with a lot of information that I haven't had to look up. Mm -hmm. But on the side of it, he has um, flavor profile that goes from dry to sweet, and it is uh, quite towards the dry, dry end, mm -hmm. and I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, malty or bitter... And it's kind of just up mm -hmm. a little from the malty, a little bit more than the dry, right? Mm -hmm. And then it says um, color, which is light to dark, and it's very light, you mm -hmm. know, it's down there. Um, malts on this one are two row, six row, and corn. Now, is okay. that corn itself or a corn malt? Well, the, I should say that in American, it, no, corn. Yeah, it, it would be, it would be probably flaked corn. So. Um, and then they use the six-row barley because the six-row barley has more enzymes in it, and the flake corn doesn't have any enzymes. So you need the enzymes to take to go into the flake corn and convert the sugars, sugars. The, the starches that are there into mm -hmm. sugars. So um, and that's why he's calling it American um, lager as well, is because he's got flaked corn. Corn in it, yeah. isn't six-row isn't six-row more <laughs> fairly Excuse expensive? Me. That's the that's the upgrade um, on the two row. They actually, well, six row. I'm not sure what. I've never ordered six row, but six row has more husk. Yep. And less of the of the um, protein and starch. So and and the husk a lot is a lot of times where a lot of the um, enzymes, pro, enzyme proteins, you know, exist in that part. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. why use six row if you're using adjuncts like uh, flaked corn. Uh, well, okay, so you would say that under malts is an adjunct. Is that what you just said? Yeah, flake corn would be considered an adjunct. Well, they don't say whether it's flake. They just say corn. The hops are magnum. Now, magnum, is that a noble hop? I didn't think it's it was. over in Europe, but I don't think it's considered a noble. Maybe it is. I don't, I don't know. know. Okay, but here's the interesting piece, which perhaps puts this into the Carlsberg category, and only by virtue of the fact that it says the yeast is a Danish lager yeast. Ah, that's a good one, yeah. Yeah, I like that one. So that one, that is, is that what Carlsberg, Carlsberg is Danish, right? Uh, I, I think know, so. Copenhagen. The, the Danish right? lager yeast is one that I prefer to use um, if you're brewing Pilsners, and it's hard to get unless you're a commercial. Unless you're, you're Danish. <laughs> well, if you're a commercial operator, you can get it. Okay. But as a home brewer, it's hard to get. Um, but it works really well, obviously. Okay, so uh, that's that's kind of an interesting um, different ingredients on this one. Um, a lot crisper, a lot cleaner. Uh, we yeah. should move on to our last two so we can then come back and kind of assess. I'd also oh. say, though, I'd add to that. Oh, yes, please do. I don't get by, by indeed, a lot please, of, bring it on. I don't get a lot of corn in the flavor when I drink it, which is interesting. Well, anyway. I don't know if I... So, actually, before we break then, wasn't there a beer that was called a corn lager, wasn't it? G Grain Belt, that's what I'm thinking of. Is that what we're looking at here, something like Grain Belt? Um, I don't. I never had Grain Belt. I, I, I know of it, but I've never actually had one, so I don't know. But I, I imagine... I was too young. Well, I, what? Was, I was too... Wait a minute, it was the turn of the century when you... <laughs> <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> 
I just remember a lot of cases of it going out, but uh, yeah. for well, some reason it didn't get into my drinking. If it's an American industrial beer as it is, yeah. I'm sure they use corn as an, an sure. adjunct. So sure. It's probably just like you know the other American light lagers of the time. And especially in Illinois, where there's shitloads of well, corn. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Grain Belt Minnesota beer? Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? I thought it was yeah. in Illinois. Well, no. they, before, before my Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, another yeah. beer. Yeah. <laughs> before All right. our time. Um, very nice. So, Hailstorms um, Ho- Hotel Life American Lager. Um, quite tasty and comes in pints. But then again, so do elephants. This hotel room's got a lot of stuff. Laundry bag and a shoe shine clock. Two hangers and a touch tone phone With a life that comes on when I ain't home I ain't home, I ain't home You better leave a message cause I ain't home Alright, we, um, we are on to number four in our six pack The boys are having a little chuckle amongst themselves there um, With the Bohemian Rhapsody um movie that won quite a few awards at oscar um they they sing a song about radio gaga well what we have here is radio free (laughs) and it's radio free pills from a brewery up in uh barrington illinois who is somewhat kind of i think underestimated in the in the craft beer world but always produces absolutely great drinkable beers and that's the wild onion brewery so i'm going to crack open this now you said oh it's a pills is there a slight difference then is this a american pills or just um i actually don't know but i'm going to assume it is because uh it's brewed in america okay carry on with your analysis of pilsner versus lager pilsner versus lager well pilsner is a subset of lager um, first of all, and Pilsner is a word that can be kind of loosely used. It's more marketing anymore these days than it is a style guideline. But Hence it, Miller Lite. Did it not originally come from the Pilsen or Pilsen? The town of Pilsen. Not the Pilsen district, but Pilsen in Czechoslovakia yeah, as it was the then? the town of Pilsen in 18... I mean, there's 18, Pilsner Urkel. 1842. What, what was happening in 18? That's almost... That's when they started brewing Pilsner Urquell. Oh, that's quarter seven. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Back, okay. back, back. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, back to the unfiltered beer. So, so we're back to, to the it, unfiltered yeah. beers. So what does anybody know about um, Barrington? And specifically Wild <laughs> Onion Brewery? There Not was silence. <laughs> they had a cool uh, tap handle. Oh, they did? Yeah. Was it a wild onion? It was. And you know why it's wild onion, right? No. That's like the name Chicago, right? Thank you, John. Yes. You're well versed with that. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, honors the tradition of the Chicago name, Chicago, right? Which was original Potawatomi, I think it yeah. was. Potawatomi. Indian for the wild onions that grew in the area, right? So Before they moved to St. Charles. Who moved to St. Charles? The Potawatomi. Oh, did they? Oh, because yes. oh, it was a better... Uh, better neighborhood. It was an upgrade, better neighborhood. Yeah. They get their teepees all over the place, right? Why did they call it St. Charles? I don't know. Why did they call it St. Charles? Do you know? It's a good name. Charles is a good name. Oh, well, there's a St. Charles in St. Louis as well. Yeah. Anyway, back to the beer. <laughs> <Okay>. So, 
So these guys, so we, um, while we were off mic, we were talking about these beers, and I said, you know, lagers, you know, we talked about the, the leather chair and cigar beer. I've, I think I've termed a phrase for these types of beers that they're very swiggable, right? You can have a couple of nice big swigs oh, and yeah. still get some flavor, mm-hmm. get some refreshment, and then, you know, you have a couple more and so on. And you can crush a couple on a hot day in a very short space of time. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, if I'm, oh, no. if I'm supporting a local brewery, and you know, I'm I'm getting something that I know is is a you know quality product. I think it's a good thing. Oh yeah, yep. So tell us about pills. Well, pills is a funny thing because you brew one yourself, right? Yes. Full transparency. And, uh, the and, Church Street Pills is get, Chuck's recipe. And I get the question too. You know, what's the pills? If you ask a brewer, what's the difference between the pills and a and a lager? Lager. You'll get. I bet you you'll get a slightly different explanation for each different person. So I'll give you my explanation. Is that for for me a pilsner needs first off be mostly pilsner malt, uh, and secondly, whatever yeast variety you use needs to be one of the pilsner varieties of yeast, generally speaking. So those two things right off the bat. Um, uh, if you do that, and then of of course if you use uh, your I mean your recipe should be pretty much just be pilsner malt. And enough, you know, noble hop to balance it out. You do that. And water and yeast. And water and yeast. And when you do that, and I think you got a pills. Um, that's my explanation. Or a party. That's my explanation for a There's pills. There's a party going. This particular pills seems like it's going more like after maybe the bohemian style of pills, which is a little hoppier, but not, I, not super hot. I get um, a little sweetness from this. Mm-hmm. It's light, yeah. but a sweetness. Now, not as sweet as the finish of your Hellas Lager. No. But um, I think it's lighter if you had to compare the two. I, I think, imagine drinking a Pilsner Quell. Wait a minute. Without? I am imagining okay. the Pilsner. Without the diacetyl in it, because this isn't <laughs> diacetyl. Um, <laughs> well, wait a minute. What are you saying? Well, isn't diacetyl bad? No, it's it's actually part of Pilsner Quell's flavor profile. I mean, they it, they all have a little bit of it in there. Not always. Every once in a while, you find one that doesn't. Um, but that's what sort of gives it its unique flavor, Pilsner Quell. But uh, in this beer, I'm just imagining a Pilsner Quell without the diacetyl, and that's kind of what the body of this tastes like. And then I think they've got... It's not aggressively hopped at all. It's just I think it's just got about the right amount of hops. Yeah, see, I'm not... Uh, hop, the hoppiness... It, to me, doesn't really come through pre- predominantly in lagers. It's it well, it's a well-rounded beer. Uh, I think it's all right there. It has a nice beery aroma going back to uh, the, for our first beer, and um, and it's and it's just eminently quaffable, like you pointed out. Is it a big swig beer? It's a big swig. A big swig beer. We've got and, a new one. And I might add, just as a side note, these these beers really provided a sidecar to what back in the day people would have a shot and a and beer, a beer of right. this style, and it was very complimentary to this mm-hmm. somewhat harsher whiskeys that that they were drinking for, you know, when you got a shot in a beer for fifty cents. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> when they had a shot and a beer for 50 cents, are you talking that they would have really crappy corn whiskey and... Uh, I would say American it would be Lion. Corby's or Kessler okay. or Imperial. Uh-huh. And then I believe it was quite popular in Naperville. Man, uh, that was the stuff. Pabsbury Ribbon or something. Uh, oh, man. you know, you would get you would get a small glass sort of, for example, as we're on radio, but we are drinking out of taster glasses, which is pro- approximately four ounces, mm-hmm. which would be the size that you would right. get when you got a shot, and it was basically just as a little something to rinse down your shot with, so that it wasn't quite as strong. So I don't know about you, but after four of these. I know you talk about when you're judging IPAs, uh, Chuck, you get a little yeah. palate fatigue. I'm getting to the point now with four. Is we, we've just got two to go. But I'm going, I, I'm noticing subtle differences, but they're starting to blend together a little bit. How do I yeah. avoid, how do I avoid my avoid palate that? fatigue? <laughs> Drink water and eat crackers between each one. Especially oh, right. Water. Especially water. Oh, okay. Well, we have water mm-hmm. here, so that's good. That's what I do. And, it, and then it flushes out your taste buds. and Well, yeah. because you've got a layer of the previous beer coating your throat going all the way down to your stomach, so you need to rinse that out, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just mixing it with the previous beer. I don't know about you, but I'm not tasting with my uh, throat. I'm tasting with my tongue. I know, but, <laughs> but you, know, you taste as it goes all the way down. Not only that, but you know, it's sort of the aroma comes up. Yeah, you just, just got to rinse. Got to rinse out the gotta pipes. Got to rinse. Gotta rinse, rinse the pipes. Out. Okay, well, a, a, a quick word about the fine folks at Wild Onion. And that's a place that we have not been to, and I think we need to try and set that up. It's the uh, it's a family business, the Keynes family. And they've been going since, I think, and it says it on the side of the can here, 1996, if I'm reading that right. So they've been going quite a while. Um, and they apparently dreamt of drink, uh, building an English-style pub to serve their beers in, and they did in 2003 when they did the Onion Pub and Brewery. Um, all I know of the place is it does supposed to do really good food, and it has an excellent deck overlooking a lake. Have you been there, John? Phil, I'm really John. glad you asked that question because I was just going to let you know that you could do Two Brothers and Wild Onion in one stop in beautiful downtown Oak Park, Illinois. I have to uh, dispute that. Because Two Brothers just closed. They're gone. (laughs) Did they really? Well, actually, not just. They've been gone for a while. while. Really? Also, Wild Onion has one down in the Yes, it's half a block away. Get off that train station. Yeah. Yeah, get those off the train station. I didn't know Two Brothers closed up. Oh, what a shame. They did. Well, they apparently uh, couldn't hack it in that building. Uh, Somebody said to me, that building is doomed. So I don't know whether it's the location or what, but whatever. Well, I was going to say, I I wonder where you were going with that, right? Because gets in there because the I mean I hope somebody else gets in there because it was pretty nice to have those two places and then there's there's another place on the other side of the train tracks uh, that uh, has a really nice selection of draft beers and they let pooches in so you can go in me too all right good man <laughs> and well, bring my pooch if I had one there you go um, okay so to finish back with Wild Onion and uh, Radio yes. Free Pills. I'm not quite certain why it's called Radio Free Pills, but that's okay. Uh, n- what's in a name? It's 
what's in the can matters. Um, just to say that they do have a wonderful production facility which produces, well, it's a 50-barrel brew house. Uh, I'm not certain if that's exactly in the same location, but they're certainly pushing out the beers, so good for them. Um, I think it's time for some Queen and Radio Gaga. So we're going to move this along a little bit, and uh, we're uh, going to try the last two beers um, in, in, in this. Well, not, well, I guess you can do so. I'll have to get you another glass if we do it simultaneously. Well, but that's um, true. Uh, we'll do. Maybe we should do that a comparison. Yeah. I don't know if that's fair to them, but hey, what the hell? We are here, but to buck the system. Anyway, the um, last two, or the last one, we have. Good God. These are only 4%. What's going on? <laughs> I'll start again. These last two beers are from Buffalo... Uh, I want to say Buffalo <laughs> Creek, but that's not right. It's Buffalo Grove. God. Okay, so Prairie Crafts in uh, Buffalo Grove. Take and us. he's got a buffalo on the Take side more. of it. And that makes me think of Buffalo Creek, right? Uh, which is up in Long Grove. So this is their Prairie Pilsner. It's uh, 5%. So since we've got of them in the five percent mark oh this one frothed oh, up a little that. bit i'm not certain why that would be however um, i will go ahead and drip that out wow what the hell there you go. I, okay a that's first a one that went right over. there that is a beer yeah uh, that's the first one that went over the top damn it uh, <laughs> so, you need to learn how to control yourself yeah i know exactly so prairie crafts um is a brewery that is owned by Manny Kojla and Raj Chauhan, and they've had it for a while. I'm not certain who the brewer is there now because it used to be Matt Lakota and he moved on to 25 West. I do know that the bar manager there is a wonderful lady by the name of Christina, and uh, she is a delight to talk to and uh, to, to get served from. And so um, this one is called simply Prairie Pills um, or Prairie Pilsner. Again, 5%. So um, let's see. Did how we you... stop there on the bus trip, Phil? Uh, we did. And if you remember, they had on one of the best beers that I've tasted for a long time, which was their Belgian Quad on a firkin with four different types of berries added. And it was an absolutely wonderful hit. And I wish Matt would brew it again, or whoever is brewing up at Prairie Craft can brew it as well. Back to the lagers. Prairie Pilsner. Can somebody give me an assessment of what they're seeing? Now this one, I didn't shake it up, and I took it out, and it kind of really frothed, right? So what's why does it do that occasionally? Uh, I think... A little uh, overcharged? Possibly, or... Yeah, it's 10 bucks for you, mate. Sometimes... Uh, Sometimes the cans get filled a little too high, and so when you no, open I it, I think it's a little effervescent. Yeah, it does have a lot of carbonation. It almost has a, almost has like a tartness to it, but not yeah. quite. Yeah, uh -oh. not quite. Is that good or bad? 
Oh, it's not mm. bad. Oh, now I'm getting... Okay, so this is the first but one where different. I'm getting aroma from it that's... That right. is more than a lager aroma. Doesn't so you found, remind, you found doesn't your dominant you, nostril. Reminds you of a, almost like a Belgian character, doesn't it? You are correct. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Hmm. Um, I don't no, have no, much. No, I don't. No, no, I'm with Chuck on this one. Which is really... I, I wasn't going to say it until somebody else mentioned it. No, no, that's what I thought. Uh, so I don't have much information well, on this. It's a little, I mean, it's very subtle. Yeah, very subtle. Very subtle. It's not, it, it, it I'm not comparing it to a Belgian yeah, but, okay. beer, but there's something. But after the first four, which were right in there in the you know mm -hmm. Pilsner Lager ballpark, this, this stands out as being slightly different. It is, it is different, yeah. So I'm not certain that I'm going to say... Yeah, maybe they should well, say it's a Belgian-style Pilsner. <laughs> I don't know. No. See, these things are, Pilsners are so delicate. Yes. That little Oops. things, that's why you can pick out stuff like this in a, in a real-life beer like this. To me, it is like a Belgian, there's a hint of Belgian in there somewhere. And I, I don't know if that's intentional or not, but it that is my... That's my take on so it. So if they had brewed this as a clean Pilsner and they didn't intend that, is that potentially a brewing issue? Or can we really nail it down and say, yeah, they've used something that's Belgian-y, yeasty? I don't know. It's just sometimes... Um, I think the over-effervescence leads, leads me to say that that, that could be right. The over it, that it's you're, there's you're so much. There's post packaging uh, fermentation going on. Yeah, or or, or something's ha or are they intended it to be? They this this is the most effervescent yeah. of the five yeah. beers we've had. Yeah, it's very carbonated. Um, but I mean, you can do that with cans. Um, these canning lines. I mean, is pretty but, capable of but Chuck, <laughs> is that a controllable thing? I mean, uh, oh yeah, I mean we control it pretty control well. Control how much CO two you? Yeah, um, but if there's something that happens after packaging, then it'll then the carbonation will go up. Um, was this intended or not? I don't know. I, does it say anything on the can? Like no, anything it, special? It, there is or? very little information I have on this. I don't know what the ingredients are. I know nothing about it other than it's 5%. So we're, we're making stabs in the dark as to what this is. Now, yeah. I will say that I am not objecting to the flavor. No. No. But if I was looking for a typical American lager, this would not be it. Mm -mm. But that said... It, it's a twist on it, right? So, yeah. as I look at the BJCP guidelines for an American lager, the commercial examples that they provide, it's kind of interesting. We were talking earlier about Grain Belt. That's one of them. Grain Belt Premium Lager. Yeah. Budweiser, Coors Original, Miller High Life, Pabsburg Ribbon, Special Export. All those big boys, right? Special Export made it in there. Wow. Special Export made it. I used to drink Special Export. I used to get specials way back. And I thought I was pretty special by doing that. And as I look through these guidelines, all the commercial examples are the big macro brewers as, you know, 
examples of American lagers. They, they have different categories. One standard American lager, perhaps blue ribbon, but that also makes it into American lager, okay? Now, both of those are category 1B, so maybe they are splitting them up for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. So if we go into mm. Czech premium pale lager, you're looking at things that I can hardly pronounce because it's got weird words here. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know. Pilsner Quasner somewhere. So we said we were going to bring out the last one. I'll, I'll do so that. This Talk one is like also it's super dry. Yeah. It's like, wow. Really? Yeah. Yes, definitely. It's like I feel like I, after, especially after like breathing afterwards, I'm like, yeah. wow. Super okay. dry. Hang on. I don't get that. There's something wrong with me. I don't think this is as dry as first lager, for example. No, this is no. way drier than that. Yeah. This leaves that little Belgian sweetness in the back of my throat. Okay. I know, but the thing is, with when things get really dry, the sweetness just like pops. Pops out the front flavor. Oh, well then, okay. It, don't, but once you get that, it's like, you, I don't know, but to me it's like, like if you're making a malty beer, and you let it, let it get too dry, it ruins it because all right. of a sudden the malt flavors just Goes, like whoop, gets boom. all like in your face and it's weird and 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 this is just a lighter version, but it's still it's so dry that you know when you breathe after you drink it, yeah, you feel like you need a drink of water. Or yeah, something. really. Yes. Wow. I think so too. So that that to me would not be a uh, you know a big swig beer that would be um something different right? no actually this might even be a little food food friendlier beer yeah. and and might mm. combine with your yeah cheddar and marmy and mustard which we're having here tonight by the way yeah i mean this is actually it just depends on how you present the beer right right yes uh if and also because of the uh, uh carbonation yeah. yeah, I mean, this is like, you could throw back a lot of these. I'm just saying that just as far as seeing it as a Pilsner, it's a bit of a conundrum. Yeah. Ooh, a conundrum. <laughs> oh, I say that's a big word. Okay, so I'm, I, I said we You know, pour that six, number six? What? Yes, I you said know. we were going to combine the last ones. Easy, boy. Down. Okay. Heel. I know you like to Heel. quaff them back really quickly. Um, well, no, I'm saving some okay. of this. Okay, so this is... Oh, I see you're going to compare. Try, yes. Compare and contrast. Trust. Okay, so um, the last one we're going to try is from uh, the fine brewery down in Lyons, Illinois. Lyon? Is it Lyons or Lyon? Lions, it's Lions, yeah. Lions. Um, and of course, that's Buckle Down. I don't know if they Buckle still Down Brewing. Did, they, okay. did all the strip joints close in there? I have no idea. What? Well, you knew about two brothers. <laughs> oh, know. okay. So this one, of course, uh, from Buckle Down is, <coughs> is Fritzy Cuffs. Hello, Chuck is coughing. Is Fritzy Cuffs Pilsner. And um, this again, uh, the only one we've had in a larger <laughs> can is the Hailstorm. There we go. Did not froth over, I'm happy to say. Um, and they call this one a crisp, easy drinking pills. Once again, hazy. It, it, yeah, but it's hazy. actually, I think, the least haziest and the no. most yellow. I don't know if no, there was, no, it's not the least. <laughs> there was one that was clearer than that. Yeah. Oh, really? I think uh, that the hailstorm. I'm gonna have to go back. I'm gonna have to go back and look at my pictures. Yeah, hailstorms was clear. Yeah, hail. Okay. Yeah, the okay. hailstorm was. This actually might be the haziest. Yeah. <laughs> Get the eyeballs washed out there, Phil. I, I, I like the bubbles. This has more 
bubbles coming from the bottom than yeah, some of the other I like ones. That. Yeah. Hello, darling. And, I'm the, bubbles. and, the, Hello. and the head is yeah. quite long lasting. It, it is, actually. Um, that's quite a nice feature of this. It's sitting in our sample glasses for quite a while. So, uh, Buckle Down Brewing, of course, is Ike Orcutt and uh, his friend Sean Mahoney. Um, and they have oh, produced wow. some rather outstanding beers over the years. They are always a stalwart on the shelves of most uh, craft beer bars. And uh, I think um, anybody who's been to any of the uh, festivals will have seen uh, the wonderful Vicky, who uh, is always there serving yeah. the buckle-down beer. She's a wonderful one. She is indeed. Um, an absolutely lovely lady, and uh, uh, she should be their front runner for advertising their beer. But anyway, enough of that. Back to the beer. 5% ABV. Um, Chuck. Best one of the bunch. Whoa, dude, right there. Okay. <laughs> I think. <laughs> okay. Just for me. I personally... Well, well, hang on. Okay, go ahead, John. I personally almost agree. I I, mm. I really have to go back and think. I really liked the first one from Rick Bayless. Yeah, that, that, I was kind of leaning towards uh, that one, too. But, but this really... Uh, so, Chuck, why do you think you like this one so instantly over the instantly. others? Instantly, um, I'm always looking for these kind of beers. I'm always looking for balance. Mm -hmm. So I think it's balanced really well. I want flavor at the beginning, whatever the you know, so we, and then I want flavor mid palate, which quite often a lot of these beers die out mid palate and then the finish. Yeah. And I'm getting I'm getting flavor in all three phases of that, and it's the flavor a flavor That's that I enjoy feel. too. I enjoy the the hop character is not too piney or yeah. you know, it's it's yeah. I'm not quite Shit, sure if it I is get yet, piney in a lager, I'm in the wrong bloody style if you ask me. But yeah, uh, but um, it's not too caramely. I mean, they're, they didn't put too many caramel malts in there. I mean, it's just I don't know. I just you, you just like it. I just like it. I so think it's very good. Also, does that not boil down to what we've been doing here? whether you just like a beer or not, but you should try a lot of them and see which one you really like? Mm -hmm. I think just because you're providing us with a forum that we're judging these beers right now just gives you an indication that you can discern difference when you compare, and, and there are some that are better than others. I think, And they're all different, and you can pick it out. I, I agree. I think that there are so many different varieties of the same style from breweries in Illinois. And, I, and, and we could have gone outside of Illinois. We have plenty of other ones that we could go to who make pills. I mean, I could have used Pilsner Urquell as our base beer. I was hoping yeah. that Chuck was going to bring Church Street pills with him, but he didn't. The you need bastard. to make a request. No. <laughs> well, I thought you'd get the message. You know? <laughs> anyway, um, we know that that's um, a very crisp and clean pills, um, and that actually comes in a pint can, mm -hmm. right? Um, but until you do like a little variety sampling like this, do you really settle in on one that is your favorite? I don't think we can say that any of these are particularly bad beers. I think if we had to say, in summary, the one that didn't quite fit what I consider to be the style would be Prairie Crafts. 
That said, because it had that little something different, I thought it was actually pretty damn good. <laughs> You're talking about this I'm, one? I'm talking about, no, I'm talking about the Prairie Crofts, um, oh, Prairie Pills. No? Yeah, that was actually. Yeah, because it had that slight difference in it. Whether or not that is true to style, it didn't turn me off. So No, it didn't turn me off either. So. Yeah. Now, I don't know what the uh, Best Buy dates on these are. They're on the bottom. And uh, I'm trying to see without... <laughs> Now this says, hang on, let me pour this out. Hang on. So the, it says on here, canned 0917. Wow. I'm assuming that's not 2017. <laughs> it's got to be the 17th of uh, September. Which yep. may, Now, this, so is, this is stuff that I bought on the shelf in binnies. And it goes back to the old argument, which I don't think is appropriate for this show, but we talk about shelf life and how to control it. Yeah. So if this beer tastes as good as it does after six months six almost, months. there you go. Then see, pretty damn a, good beer. A, a traditionally brewed pilsner like this will last, canned properly, will last a long time on the shelf. It will. So do pilsners contribute to your beer bellies? Well, a lot of things do, right? I, I think they do. Beer in general. Beer in general. Because you tend to eat more after you've been drinking, right? Yeah. And, so and we'll the kind of foods that you eat. <laughs> pizza? No, pizza, <laughs> or you're not eating salads too much. Not or, too many salads. Well, I know a couple of guys who think that they have beer bellies, and that's our friends Chaz and Dave. beer belly can't get his pants up um, that's our that's our fine friends from uh, the uk who do pub rock unfortunately uh, Chaz died last year real bummer we won't get any more originals from him but uh, i would really advise you to go out and listen to a little Chaz and dave back to the pilsners i think we already summed up with our last beer believe it or not the one that everybody really likes having said that i will Buck the system a little and say the one that I kind of really liked <laughs> surprisingly was the Cruz Blanca Mexican Lager and I thought that was going to be the one I was going to go meh meh you know that was the first be, one that yeah was the one. first one that was yeah. going to be that was going to be my pick yeah me too yeah. until and it, and it, until, until, until long so Mexico versus Germany and and actually on the can of uh, Fritzy Cuffs they have a picture of a, a, a fine looking German fellow in his leader load late Lederhosen Leder, Leder, Leder yeah I don't know could call it Lederhosen but Lederhosen um, with an F on it and he's got boxing gloves on so he obviously mm. is uh, putting up the fisty cuffs as opposed to fritzy cuffs fritzy cuffs nice little play on words there boys um and i particularly enjoyed it since it was named after my late uncle oh that's correct away. yes your good late uncle uncle who, fritz yeah you go and and, and uh, uh so yes. the can makes me smile so it's been an interesting session um 
we've learned a lot about lagering and pilsners. Uh, spring is coming. Perhaps and, this is the and Phil, how your palate can discern it through several different tastings. That's right. Yeah, I, th- I think we've had a good time. So we don't have any large glasses to pick up, but we do have small sample glasses. So what we have to do is say it's good night from me. Good it's night. Good night from him. And, and cheers. Cheers. Oh, you <laughs> spilled some. Oh, bloody hell. There was a clanking oh, of sample glasses. I didn't and do it. Beer was flying it's everywhere. It's not that hard. You know what, Chuck? I'm <laughs> going to give you a ring of the bell. <laughs> What was that about? It was about 10 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Brit and Yankee! Brit and Yankee! I'll have a pipe. Go, give us a pipe. You got any tetanus? A pipe, please, Bob. Give me another pipe. 